You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> I'm just going to do a little bit of losing my mind. Okay, cool. All right. Sounds good. The sun comes up. I think about you. The coffee cup. I think about you. I want you so. It's like I'm losing my mind. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you haven't tried out Built for the Stage yet, go to the website builtforthestage.com and you can be on your way with a $1 trial for your first month. And you'll also unlock a 20% off discount code for our new Places Please performance line. Leggings, sports bras, sweatshirts, shorts, all the goods. Check it out, pillforthestage.com. Special thanks to our producing team, the Broadway Podcast Network. You can check them out at bpn.fm. All right, as always, we have an exciting guest for you on the podcast. Uh, I actually ran across her at the book launch for... When the Lights Are Bright Again book, and I was listening to her do a, uh, a cover, I think it was of um, companies, I don't know, I'm blanking right now, she's making me nervous, she's such a star, <laughs> she, can, she can tell you what she's saying at the event, but I was listening, right, and I was like, oh, this is different, this is different, and then she put out a couple bells and whistles towards the middle, the end of the song, and I instantly became a fan, so... Let's just get to know our guest. Uh, we'll chat all things musical theater, uh, folk, singer-songwriter. Please welcome to the pod, Ellery Ward. Hi, Ellery. What's up? Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. It's a pleasure. Um, I hope you had a good trip coming back from Philly. Uh, we just discussed I'm here in the mountains of North Carolina, but we're still staying true to all things Broadway as we get to meet Ellery a bit. So tell me, okay, so um, is it being alive? Was that what you sang at the- Yes. Okay, it's yes. Coming, okay it came back. I, I went into I the- I knew you had it. I knew you had it. <laughs> I went into the white room for a second and I just lost all recollection of what happened that night. But yeah, okay, so acoustic version of being alive. 
um, with all the the yodels and soulful folk, everything that there was to it. I was just like, damn, this this song though, this song though. So tell us how you got, first off, tell us how you were like, let me just pick up a, a guitar and totally change the sound and feel of a musical theater song. When did that start happening? It is so kind of dumb. Uh, <laughs> I So in 2019, I was in the middle of audition season. It was like late February, early March. And um, I had been just jokingly telling people every time they asked me in an audition how I was doing, I would respond with, well, you know, every day a little death. (laughs) Because that's what it feels like in the the height of audition season. Um, And thus kind of like, manifested that song just in my brain at all times. And so I, I had it stuck in my head and what I do when I have songs stuck in my head is I either listen to it obsessively or I cover it and I sing it to get it out of my system. And so I decided to do a cover of everyday, a little death. And at that point I had just kind of sort of been playing guitar for like two years, I think. Um, and I, just took the couple of chords that I knew and made it this moody thing. Uh, and I, I captioned my, my Instagram post Sufjan on Sondheim because I'm a huge Sufjan Stevens, Sufjan Stevens fan. Um, and it just sort of like sparked this idea. Um, and my friend commented saying, you have to make this a series. And I did. (laughs) And over the, the following two years, I just sporadically made these arrangements just out of having fun with it. And yeah, it's turned into something that I never expected it to. Mm-hmm. When did you first pick up the guitar? Cause you're, you're quite good. Well, thank you. Um, I feel like I'm terrible at it uh, all the time. Um, I, I think it was like the end of summer like 2016, I think is when, when that began, um, being a thing in my life, I'd always played piano prior. Um, and I've never taken a lesson and I have no idea what I'm playing ever. Uh, <laughs> I just learn everything by ear and I arrange everything by ear. Um, like I know a ha- I know a handful of chords and that's kind of it. Um, but it's just been, Speaking of winging it, we were talking about winging it before. Yeah. Uh, I am winging it with the guitar every day of my life. <laughs> okay, so I'm extremely inspired, even more so than before, because I own two guitars, actually. Um, one in which is a very nice guitar that my friend bought me, who is a, a very talented guitarist. And I shamefully cannot play either of them. I, You know, I have two. It's so hard. You would think if the first guitar didn't work out for me, maybe the second one would have been luckier. <laughs> but no, we just are amazing decor uh, within my house. But so <laughs> from ear, yeah, for me, it was I, I had some chords, got some chords down. And then when I got to the F chord and you're having to bar, I was like, F this. I, I just can't get this, S, this shit. I can't get I- I get it. I, my boyfriend plays guitar and he's the one who kind of like pushed me to learn bar chords. He literally was like, you have to, like, if you're going to play guitar, you have to do this, like push yourself. 
Yeah. And I was like, okay. And so my hands always hurt. Um, (laughs) But it's worth it because it definitely opened up my musical vocabulary for sure. Um, But like, it's just, it's hard. Guitar is so hard. (laughs) But it's worth it. It's worth it. There's a metaphor somewhere in there about your hurt hands and playing guitar. Yeah, um, somewhere. Let's poetic. Uh, all right, so let's go into. Um, you have a couple of gigs lined up. I've I counted three. There's one in Florida. There's one coming up that I said I hope I can see on the 13th. Mm-hmm. December. Yeah. Tell tell us those those three gigs you got coming up. Uh, yeah. So I have on December 13th, I'm playing Rockwood Music Hall. Um, I'm playing all my original stuff and it's going to be so fun. I haven't ever done a show like this before and I'm not accompanying myself on every single song, which is like, ah, I can't wait. Um, uh, it's going to be really fun. Uh, it's $15.00. It's just going to be a big old dance party. So if that's what you're into. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then on the 19th, I'm playing um, with Davon uh, Williams. He's putting on a benefit concert, uh, benefiting uh, Black Hair and Makeup Artists United. Um, It's I think it's a $25 cover and tickets go on sale for that tomorrow, December 1st. Uh, at Don't Tell Mama. It's going to be really fun. I'm singing a Christmas song, and then I'm also singing another song with Avon. Uh, and then I, oh, I just announced today I'm doing Joe's Pub on March 2nd, which I'm thrilled about. Um, I'm going to do a full indie folk time set. Uh, my friend Brian is going to be on piano. I'm going to be on guitar, and I'm going to have some really fierce special guest stars joining me on some tunes. Um, and then on April 7th at free fall theater in St. Petersburg, Florida. Yeah. I'm uh, yeah, I'm playing a Sondheim show there. So it's just going to be me and the guitar, very simple and stripped back and intimate. And yeah, yeah, I'm excited. All right. So I'm going to get all of that info from you. So if you're listening, it's going to be in the description of this episode right now. So there will be links and all the dates um, that were just listed. I want to talk to you a bit about imposter syndrome or winging it. So you have these four gigs lined up, right? And you're still mm-hmm. a little, I guess, new to being this performer in this, not musical theater, but it, with your guitar up there, just doing yeah. your thing. Yeah. How do you combat that? How do you uh, work with it as opposed to having it work against you? How's that been for you mentally? Honestly, it's been a really cool learning experience because I'm someone who has always struggled with performance anxiety and nerves, like majorly. Uh, But therapy is awesome. So there's that. (laughs) So I've definitely accomplished a lot in the past year in terms of using certain tools and uh, getting better about Give us mm-hmm. one or one or two. Give us one or two. What what has your your therapist or what what have you taken that's like oh these one or two things like really help me out? Uh, so we do um, EMDR together, and it's it's if you don't know what it is, it's basically like connecting your mind body connection in a way where 
physically you are tapping in one form or or another um, while visualizing certain things and tapping it into your body so that when you tap into that thing in the future, it's just conjured up as a resource. Um, I'm probably explaining it really terribly, uh, but uh, that is the gist of it. And all the resources that I've tapped in have been a huge help for me when dealing with pre-show nerves or anxiety or doubts and worries and stuff. And I, it really has changed my life in the way that I prepare for performances. And my first performance, I think it was like September 13th was my first performance in over two years. So I mean, two years without performing, one of those years being a pandemic, like I was so nervous. Yeah. And then I had all these other shows lined up over the course of the following months and was just sort of overwhelmed of like, how am I going to get over this? And I, it has helped so much and I've seen so much growth in, I mean, it's a practice and practice makes forever imperfect, but you know, better, Um, (laughs) better than before. And uh, yeah, it's the repetition and the, being kinder to myself and really allowing myself to be uh, arrive uh, emotionally wherever I happen to be. Uh, That has been also the biggest thing for me. If I'm feeling a type of way and I'm doing a performance, that's how I'm feeling. And that's what I'm bringing to the space. So yeah. Cool. Well, everyone that's listening nowadays that are making their way back to auditions, I'm sure that'll be uh, helpful for sure. Um, okay. So with your gig coming up and the Sondheim, uh, Mr. Sondheim, Stephen just passing, uh, what does that mean to you? And what a like coincidence, you know, that you would have released this album and and this would have happened, you know, in this same time. It's really weird. I mean, when I found out the news, I was so emotional. I think like all of Friday night, I just couldn't stop crying. Um, and it was super weird. I, speaking of imposter syndrome, I had like a little bit of imposter syndrome, even just like with my emotions around it, because I was like, I don't know this man personally. Like he had, I know he had listened to my album, but we hadn't talked about his thoughts on it and I never met him. And so I was like, why am I this emotional over this? And it's like, because he, his music changed my life as he did so many of our lives. And it, it also on the flip side of it made me feel that much more responsible as an artist, because as artists, we are all responsible for being the vessels of writers work. Um, and that responsibility, that artist responsibility really just like ignited in me in terms of like, if, I, if my album is the one thing that one random person hears of Stephen Sondheim and that's how they know who he is, like, I just feel really invigorated by that because I love Sondheim. And when I love something, I just want to share it with everyone who knows or doesn't know. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was both invigorating in that sense while also being incredibly sad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, Sondheim was an into the woods VCR tape in seventh grade drama appreciation class. Oh. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, that musical kept popping up for me throughout my career when I was in theater. But yeah, like you said, I as well did not know uh, Sondheim personally. But just like you said, with if someone listens to my song and then is connected indirectly to him via that, I think that's like, that's the name of the game. Like there shouldn't be any type of feelings of, oh, I shouldn't be this emotional that this is affecting me like this because I don't, because in a way, like we do know him through our life experiences that he directly impacted via his, via his art. And there's so much that ties into someone that makes an impact like that. Um, So I'm, I'm with you for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's get into what you think about the balance or the dance between continuing your career in musical theater, but also doing this gigging or this pursuit in your singer songwriting career. I know that the, the road is still kind of fresh for you, but how do you see that in the future of how you're going to kind of balance this dance? Well, I feel like I have just been going where the doors have been opening. That to me is just like how you live life. You go where your your path is clear. And these gigs and the Sondheim album have been huge green lights for me. And it's like, well, if these are the green lights, they're going to lead me to where I'm supposed to be. And everything is a stepping stone. It's, it's very much a a snowball effect as an artist. Like our careers are this very nuanced complex thing where everything builds upon each other, um, to lead us to where we are meant to be. And I just feel like this part of my artistry and my, my creative voice being heard in the way that it is, is just a part of that journey to being where I want to be. I mean, I've, (laughs) with this album, I've had more opportunities pop up than I ever have before in musical theater, which is what I want to do. I, my goal is to create a leading role in a, an original musical on Broadway. And it, to me, it's all intrinsic. It's all connected. Um, and so I'm just going with where the green lights are. Mm. I love your, very specific goal of being a leading role in an original musical on Broadway. If you're listening out there, that's like (laughs) textbook 101 right there. You're not getting anywhere without a plan. And if you're filled with anxiety or lack of hope, most likely your plan could use a bit more detailing. So I love Mm. that from uh, Ellery for sure. How are you such an entrepreneur with uh, this, like, I'm looking at your website right now with your merch and your your C- your Perfect Little Death CD. Like, how did you set this all up? Like, uh, did you did you minor in, in business while you were at, you were at Boston Conservatory, right? Yeah, and uh, no, I know nothing. Um, <laughs> I just go like, okay, what are all the, what are all the routes I can take to like, get myself out there and like, maximize my, my like output, you know, what are all the avenues I can take as an independent artist and as an actor, like uh, there are so many ways in which you can monetize your craft as well as, um, just give yourself more exposure. I mean, 
I don't know. I just, why, I'm always, why, why are you doing it and others aren't? And why are you doing it so well? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm flattered and honored that you think so. Cause I'm just no, out here I'm trying not, to think of everything that I can think of. That's really all it is. is do, you I'm, think I'm, it, do you think, sorry to interrupt you. Do you think no, it's just it's a fine. matter of taking action? Yeah, I think so. Because I'm, I do know this about myself. Um, I'm someone who doesn't really think much before doing things. Like I, I don't really stop myself from doing things. I just, if I think that it might be a good idea, I just do it. Uh-huh. And if I fail, then literally who cares? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So a lot of people I think aren't like that because of the fear of failure or the fear of what their peers will think of them. Do you just and do you just naturally not have that, or how do you kind of work through that if you do have that? Um, I kind of naturally don't have it, but obviously I am a human being and I have my own insecurities. And I think whenever those insecure thoughts creep in, I really just think about well, we have one life and one uh, one chance in the present moment to create the future of our lives and our careers, and it's like. I'm going to do everything I can to get myself to where I know I want to be. That might be this. It might be that it's all an experiment and we'll see Mm. what works, but Mm. you won't know what works or what will bring you to the next place unless you do it. Sure. So yeah, Yeah, I I like, I like it when it said, we're all going to die. As far as you only get one life. And when, and when people say it that way, that you're, we're all going to die. It like it does like stir something up in me like yeah I can't I can't waste a, another minute here like I gotta like, yeah you know. I mean that's why uh, if you ever listen to Carrie and Lowell uh, the album by Sufjan Stevens Fourth uh, of July is one of my favorite songs and I remember when I played it for my mom for the first time because like I was super obsessed with it when it came out uh, the whole ending like outro part of that song is we're all gonna die like over and over again. And my mom was like, this is so depressing. And I was like, no, it's literally just true. Yeah. It's not even depressing. It's just true. It's like actually inspiring to me that that that's a fact. So what you do with the time that you have, like no one is going to do anything for you. You have to do it yourself. Like n- mm. you waiting around for someone to tell you, yes, it's probably not going to happen. And if it does, then you're really lucky. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I feel a sense of responsibility and in, in taking action in my own hands. Cause I know no one's going to do it for me. Do you have little intrusive question? Do you have any, re- do you have a regret or a moment when you didn't abide by these kind of standards you're setting and you kind of kick yourself for feeling like you missed a door to walk through? Um, I don't think so, but kind of on the same plane, I, I have always struggled with thinking the way that I think maybe a little bit too much. And then when I allow myself to rest, I guilt myself um, and thinking that I'm doing what you're asking me. Um, even though I'm not, I'm literally just taking the time because our destinies are self-created. Like we, we choose the things that happen in our, in our careers. Obviously when it's out of our hands, things can happen that we don't expect, but overall we choose the path that we set foot on. Um, 
And so if a part of that path is taking a break, then that's a part of the path and it's supposed to be that way. Like there's just no, there's no reason for guilting yourself for choosing the next step in the path that is of your own making. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Uh, going back to your, the dance party, you said it's going to be a dance party. Your neck, your gig oh, yeah. on, this is the one on the 13th, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, uh, where is it at? Stage t- Rockwood Music Hall, stage two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my friend Sam is going on at seven. She's opening for me and then mm-hmm. I'm on at eight and I'm going to do an hour set of, I write pop music. It's very yeah. different than my Sondheim stuff, but yeah. it's still me. It's still my voice. And it's just <laughs> another part of my um, expression as an artist and as a singer. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. why I wanted to bring up that one in particular, because I thought I heard you say that they'd be your original pieces. Yeah. So with this pop vibe, vibe, how does this kind of come out of you uh, in comparison to when you're figuring out an arrangement for a musical theater cover. Oh my God. It's so weirdly different. Um, so when I'm writing, it just sort of, the one thing that is the same, I will say is I don't force anything ever. I let, I let the sounds and everything just like come to me organically as they are meant to. Um, but when I'm writing, it's, it's more of a, an emotional thing um, than anything else. I could be in like the most neutral state and make a Sondheim uh, arrangement if I'm feeling inspired. Um, But when it comes to my own music, it's very much from an emotional place and I kind of have to be in the heat of the moment when, when it comes over me. Uh, But that's also why I I love it. It's like magic. You never know when it's going to strike, which is, always exciting and fun. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've always written music and I just let it happen when it happens. And I don't get down on myself if I haven't written a song in X amount of time. It's just what it's meant to be. What do you mean by you've always written music? How long has it been? Well, I started with piano lessons at the age of five and I wrote my first song at the age of five on piano it was called springtime. And I debuted it at my, uh, my piano recital, <laughs> my first ever piano recital. Um, what, uh, what is it about? Is it literally about springtime or what, what was it? Liter- I don't know. I was five. It was probably just like, this sounds like flowers. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but from literally that time to now, I've just like, I've always written music. Obviously I've gotten better at it uh we can hope um but it's yeah it's always just been this alternate way of expressing myself in definitely a more personal way obviously especially when it comes to like the stories are my own and I I don't write from other people's perspectives I really only write from my own um so yeah it's just it's different than any other part of my artistic life. And I think that's what I love about it. It feels like my own little secret, uh, artistic, creative space, you know, and then I just get to share it when I want to share it. Cool. All right. Well, everyone that's listening, if you want to write some fan mail into Ellery, I would say write to her and say, please write a remake of springtime and let's hear what (laughs) it sounds like. 
20 some oh. years later or whatever. Oh my God. You think you have that I, in you? Uh, you have I, to read I the think, words first. I, yeah, exactly. There's that. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I'll have to dig around my, um, my childhood home to find the sheet music. Cause I know I wrote it down on sheet. My, my, piano teacher wrote it down on sheet music for me so there you go yeah you got to reach out to her you got to reach out to yeah her. i know my mom my mom had to have kept it she's that kind of mom of course <laughs> oh, mom no doubt about it my my uh, mom and dad's basement is like a, a storage uh room of yeah. like a shrine of my up uh, my upbringing <laughs> yes that's the way to be <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that's all the time we have, uh, Ellery. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone Thank that's listening. Everyone that's listening. Um, great branding by Ellery. Her Instagram is who would have guessed it? Ellery Ward. So amazing. <laughs> um, you can check out her website, elleryward.com, where there's the merch, the music, all the stuff about uh, Ellery that you can learn. And obviously just check out the description of this episode and we'll have easy clickable links for you to kind of surf around and get to know, uh, Ellery more. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. City on fire. City on fire. And if I never hear your voice, my turtle dove, my dear, I still have reason to rejoice. The way ahead is clear, Joanna. All right, everyone. Ellery Ward on Go for the Sage podcast. Thanks again for joining in. If you haven't gone to buildforthestage.com yet, would love to get to meet you, chat a bit about your fitness, your time on the stage, um, or yeah, just talk about anything. Maybe we can listen to Ellery's music together or something. So if you like the podcast, rate, subscribe, leave a comment, and we'll see you on the next one. Later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.